Good morning and welcome, Patriot Radio News Hour. Happy Tuesday. Another gorgeous day here in the Valley of the Sun. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group and Legal Lawful Constitutional Tender. It is what we do here, talking about gold and silver. Uh, you know, putting it away where only you know where it's at. A lot of wisdom in that, especially uh, with with the paper markets ro- rolling over. Uh, already been a really interesting morning. The Dow's been up, it's been down, it's back up. It's probably going to go back down. We'll try to keep you up to date on that. We, we've got some data that came out today that we'll talk about a, uh, a really, really good source for what is happening globally. Uh, Egon von Geyser, he, he is the head guy. At, at Gold Switzerland, they are a they are the largest privately held vault in the world. Uh, he did a a huge interview and actually did several of them. Uh, one of them with King World News, where he was talking about uh, what is happening in the gold markets. Uh, the role of central banks that may be playing to uh, deceive the gold price. We've got that all coming up. What the Chinese are doing, how they're doing it, how big they're doing it. Uh, that's going to be fantastic. In the next segment, uh, we got Kathy Harrod coming from the, uh, from the center of Arizona policy. You know, listen, it was time for me to get involved. I'll, I'll just say that. You know, we talk about, and I've been talking about it a lot here on the air, about all the blue staters coming here into the red states. And, and I know we got the midterm election coming up. I mean, the ads are horrible. They are. I, they're, they're horrible. But we've got to figure out and we've got to stick together real, true, uh, conservative thinking. Uh, that is the center uh, for uh, Arizona policy, and Kathy Harrod is the leader there. She's going to join us in the next segment. Uh, tell you about them if you want to get involved with them, or or maybe hopefully tell us, hey, here's the the hot button issues that are coming, and and because uh, you know that's the other thing too. A lot of these, and I don't know how many of you have already got your ballots. You know, I get an early ballot, and I, I don't stand in line. I, I feel I vote early, but. These ballots are loaded with what I would call very deceptive uh, language that you don't know which way you're supposed to vote. Right? In other words, you know, hey, well, this is what I want, but I'm not sure if saying yes or no is what's going to give me what I want. So, if there's any of those out there, hopefully she'll tell them about, tell us about those. Uh, and we, and and again, I do. I encourage all of you listeners out there. Uh, get out there and vote. Get out there and vote. Uh, and I know it, it's a lot of the times I get it. The choices are not great. And, and but uh, you know it's more than just voting for whether it's a senator, or congressman, whatever it may be, somebody in your House of Representatives. Uh, it's all the other issues on the ballot. I mean, there's got to be in any any one election, there's there's four or five different tax increases at a minimum now everywhere. Uh, and if you're not careful, 
uh, and you don't get out there and you don't participate, uh, we're going to pay a whole lot more. I mean, we're really, I, I think we're going to socialism and, and, and all of our freedoms are slowly being taken away from us and they're going to use uh, finances as the way to do it. Right? The, the more people that cannot afford to sustain themselves, the more they want what? Handouts. We're going to talk all about that. Matter of fact, a great article in the USA Today talking about the vast majority of jobs does not allow you to have a middle-class lifestyle. Of course, we've been talking about that here for a long, long time. we got that, all kinds of other things uh, as well today if we get to them. I apologize to Colorado. We had an issue in Colorado. Colorado was down yesterday. They're back up. This was uh, actually, for once, not an issue that the station could control. Uh, it was a an issue that was uh, out of out of the station's hand. There was something in a I, I don't know how they described it a a uh, circuit box on on one of you know down the street or wherever it was, and it wasn't functioning properly, and it wasn't sending uh, communications to the to the state. They had no phones, no internet. All that's been fixed. Welcome back to Colorado. I I apologize. I know Jason. Jason actually, I think, jumped on the air because the only way we could be on the air in Colorado, you had to be physically in the building. That was it. Uh, you, if, if it was something they, like Alex Jones, they streamed over the Internet, you couldn't get any of those shows. My show, which is over the phone line, you couldn't do those shows. You had to be in the studio. So I know Jason, he was trying his hardest out there, give those guys a lot of credit, him and Brian both. Uh, they were working overtime. I, I think the station ended up getting back up about 8 or 8.30 last night. Uh, but hopefully uh, we'll have all of that worked out and, and things will be back to normal there as well. Uh, don't forget, go out to the website. A bunch of really good videos out there uh, again today. Take the time. Get yourself educated. Most importantly, make sure you're prepared. Right, the 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 what uh, is that? The Boy Scouts uh, motto: always be prepared. Right, that's it. Be a Boy Scout, always be prepared. Patriot Radio News Hour. We got the Center for Arizona Policy and Kathy Harrod coming up next. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Patriot Radio News Hour. Uh, you know, and times change. If you would have said to me 10 years ago that that we're going to talk about politics and elections and, and trying to get uh, the right words out to all of our conservative people out there, I, I, I would have said, nah, we don't do that. We don't do that. We don't do politics. You can get that somewhere else. But times have changed. And it's time for us all to get involved. Uh, a good friend of mine uh, got involved with these people over at the uh, Center for uh, Arizona Policy. He started talking to me about it, and just you know, and I just said, "Hey, how can I help? How can I get involved?" Uh, and this is how uh, we're going to have Kathy Harad on right now. Kathy, are you with us? Yes, I am. Good to be on with you this morning. Hey, thank you so much for taking uh, some time out. I know you got the elections are coming up. I'm sure you're really busy. Can you can you just tell us a little bit about you guys and, w and what it is you stand for and what it is that you do uh, for the great state of Arizona? 
Sure. Um, Center for Arizona Policy is a family policy council, is what we would, um, would be the, the type of organization we are. And we advocate. We advocate at the Arizona State Legislature so that it, families can thrive in Arizona. We work on issues of life, marriage and family, religious freedom, judicial reform, and we advocate for those foundational principles. We advocate for getting good bills passed and bad bills defeated. And then during election season, we um, work to educate and equip voters on where the candidates stand on the issues that matter. And, it's, and that's exactly what we need, right? Because when you sit there, and, and all we get are sound bites, right? If you listen to the ads that are run on TV, you get some sound bite. You're not even really sure what the issues are about. And then if you're like an early voter uh, and you get the ballots mailed to your house, very confusing stuff out there on a lot of these issues. What are the ones uh, that you guys are focusing on this time around? Well, what we do in our um, at azvoterguide.com, you can go on that website. It's our website, and you'll see 10 different questions that we've asked candidates for federal office, 10 questions that we've asked state candidates, and there, there are a range of issues. Um, there'll be a, a question about abortion, about parents' rights, about school choice, about taxes. So it's a variety of questions of interest to the general public, and I like to say uh, it's just the facts, ma'am that we take the answers from candidates and we put it on the website and then we also have biographical information on the candidates we have why they are running for office and um, if you you can put in like where you are and get the list of candidates for your district so you can have your own interactive guide we even have a video on how to use the voter guide so we I believe that these are que- you know the 10 questions all hit voters kind of where you know to get the facts and what you said about the TV ads, we're all tired of the TV ads, and you can't trust a number of them. And so this is, you know, get the goods. Um, I think the U.S. Senate race is a big focal point. And, um, for example, Martha McSally answered our voter guide. Kirsten Cinema did not. So we researched um, objectively to get the answers for where Kirsten Cinema would stand on the same issues. And, and how do you feel, you know, obviously the... The this election now, all of a sudden, Arizona just feels like the the liberals feel like this is a state that they can possibly flip here. It, it, they've spent an, an incredible amount of money. Where's all this money coming from to run all these ads? Well, a lot of the money's coming from out of state. Um, there's a California billionaire by the name of Tom Steyer who has been behind the Prop 127 so-called clean energy me- uh, measure. He's also put money into the Democrat side. He's put money into um, state legislative races. And so um, as far as those who would like to see Arizona become at least purple, if not blue, um, that's at stake. You know, we've had 10 years in this state of passing strong pro-life measures. We've seen the abortion rate go down. And people like Planned Parenthood and Human Rights Campaign Fund are not happy about that. And so a lot of the money is coming from those interests from out of state as well as within the state. Um, we, you know, the U.S. Senate race, I think, is going to be more than $50 million. Um, I mean, it, more money than we've ever seen spent in races in Arizona, and that's how high the stakes are. And when you talk about, let's, let's talk about the, that water issue. Can you give us information about that and what that really is all about? Well, I'm not, uh, you know, it's interesting you ask me about water because when people ask me, well, why don't you run for office yourself someday? And my usual answer is, well, I would have to understand water law. And so, and I'm not um, passionate about it. 
but I know that basically there's concern about our water supplies and um, what what's going to happen with the drought and that type of thing, and how do we ensure that Arizonans with our growing population have sufficient water reserves, and, and how do we make sure that happens for the future? It's an issue that's been, uh, I would say, debated behind closed doors, but you've also had legislators traveling statewide to do hearings on, on water resources and what needs to happen, and so it will be a key issue for the next legislative session. Um, I think, you know, religious freedom will be a key issue the next legislative session. Um, what happens with some parental rights issues? Um, there are a lot of issues that pertain to our families, whether it's water, whether it's our utility bills, whether it's um, being free to live and work according to our faith or being free to raise our children as, as we believe God intends us to. Are there any items on the ballot that are of particular concern for for you guys? Yes, um, Prop 305. Prop 305 is the measure that would allow the expanded empowerment scholarship account law to go into effect, and this is what enables parents whose children are in district or charter schools and they want to maybe ch- you know get, get their children in a private school or in a or get special um, treatments or you know therapies for their child. That that's what an empowerment scholarship account affords. So we are a strong yes on Prop 305 because it just empowers parents to choose the education that best meets their children's needs. Um, It doesn't rob the taxpayers like the no side might have you believe, but it's really um, a pro-parents' rights, pro-parental school choice measure, and so we're strong advocates for Prop 305. Okay, so Prop 305, which I will tell you right now, I am a huge yes on on that issue because I I believe uh, that, that as parents, you've got to find the best fit for your child and, and for too long right they, they just want you to be well this is the government run school and and everybody fits into that 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 square peg and that's what you get and you get all all of the what i'll say the liberal influence that goes along with being in that square peg uh so having the ability to let parents decide where their kids go to school it's huge Absolutely. The other um, proposition that we're concerned about is Prop 127, and we have recommended a no vote on that, and that's the one that is the so-called, as I say, the so-called Clean Energy Initiative. And the problem with that measure is that it would increase the average family's utility bill by over 1000 a year. It also would increase the utility bills for churches and schools. And we know that you know most churches and schools, as well as families, run on very thin margins. And so this just isn't the right way to approach any type of energy needs. So we're a strong no on 127, strong yes on 305. And, and can we let's talk about 127. Just look, what's behind that? Well, what's behind it is the California billionaire Tom Steyer. And you know, if you if you um, want to avoid what's happening in California, um, actually on our website we have a, a video. Don't California my Arizona, um, because you know some of these ideas from California aren't good for our families, aren't good for our state. And it's Tom Steyer trying to bring in his leftist approach on clean energy to where you'd have to have, I think, it's 50% of energy sources renewable by a certain date. Um, Arizona's already moving in that direction. Um, and this just, you know, it, we don't need a California um, idea on energy to come into our state. You know, and it's so funny when you talk about that stuff because uh, the, the, the average person, and I think you really hit the nail on the head, it's hard enough 
as it is right now financially for people to make ends meet. Uh, and then you've got the millionaires and the billionaires coming down and, and trying to force their, their ways into uh, into our wallets and our pocketbooks and, and, and essentially saying, hey, we want to do this and we want to do it so drastically and dramatically. And I think the point you're making, everyone's moving that way, is it? I mean, really, uh, as as, as responsibly as we can but this is an issue again all of this money and this is the part that really got me to want to get involved all of this money especially on a lot of these what i would call the hot button issues are coming from the blue state and they come in here and they're trying to uh really uh, create policy that they have no business in. This is Arizona. How, is there anything in place to where we can tr- start to limit the amount of money that's coming in from out of state and the things that are a local issue? Well, I think it, that's difficult to limit out of state funding coming into local issues because it's still a free speech issue, and and you know by how you um, with campaign donations and that type of thing. You know, there is disclosure that comes with, with some of it, but I think that's a little bit hard. Um, and, yeah, I would I should say we, we do have um, money coming in on the conservative side, um, just not as much, I would say, and not with the same kind of intent, I would say, as well. Um, but uh, when we talk about the propositions, I should mention that at azvoterguide.com, we have a summary of all of the propositions on the ballot to where you can see kind of a, a simple description of what the measure would do and what the pro side says and what the con side says. Um, so that that is of use to the voters as well. Great. And give that site one more time. It's azvoterguide.com, and um, we would encourage you to check out that site. We have another website as well with our sister organization that's called Cap Action, and that is azaction.com. And at azaction.com, we have um, endorsements of candidates. So um, you can get the unbiased, objective view at azvoterguide.com. If you want to see our endorsements based on the issues we cover as far as life, marriage and family, religious freedom, you can get that at azaction.com. Kathy, thank you so much for taking time out of your your busy day to educate us. Um, Do you think it would be possible we could get you back maybe right before uh, the election so we can cover these points again? Oh, would love to. And let me just mention that if you have an early ballot sitting in your home or office, you need to mail that early ballot in today to make sure it gets received in time to be counted. So um, we just want to really alert people that today's the day to finish your early ballot and get it in the mail. Well, great point. I'm so glad you got that in. So all of you, if you're like me and you want to vote early, this is it. It has to be in the mailbox today uh, to make sure that that has been counted. Uh, Kathy, thank you so much. We appreciated you having uh, having us on the program or having you on our program and educating us and really giving us a source to where we can go and do the research. Thank you. Thank you so much. azvoterguide.com and azaction.org. Have a great day. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you so much. So there you go. You know what? Like I said, uh, very, very interesting uh, when you start digging into a lot of these ballot initiatives and where they're coming from and 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 really uh, the United States. You know, this is what happens. You know, you got all of this inequality out here, and now the very few trying to control what the rest of us do and think. So it's important to be involved, and if not involved. 
at least be educated. And, you know, uh, for us here, we try to educate you financially, right? I, I don't love uh, to do uh, political stuff or things of that because you can get it elsewhere. Uh, but it's just, it's at this point now, uh, and I believe this, we are a nation divided. I think that uh, too many people are out there in a media's perspective creating hate and creating uh, discontent and trying to really to trying to tell us how we need to think and be and believe and if you don't think and, be, and believe the way we do somehow you're an evil person uh, and it's time for us to stand up and make sure uh, that we don't go back uh, and, and really when you think about it just look at where all of the, the people are coming from that's a really good indication of where the failure is and and so uh, you know it's not my surprise. I'm not shocked, right? They're all coming. The failures are coming not out of the red states. They're coming out of the blue states. And now states like Arizona. I know Colorado's got the same thing happening there, uh, where a lot of these states that were decidedly decidedly red are are now really teetering and and, uh, and, and it really has gotten nasty to the point I can't even listen to it anymore. So now you've got some options to get yourself educated. Uh, and again, for those of you voting early, today is the deadline. Uh, I'll try to get Kathy on one more time before the election gets close uh, so you can know where to at least to get your facts. When we get back, I know we're coming up on a break here. When we get back, there was some data out today. We're going we're gonna to get to that. And then the, the news out of uh, Egan Von Geyser uh, as to what is happening in the physical gold market. You're not going to believe it. Pager Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by honoring family values, opposing radical feminism, and representing a conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Net neutrality is as phony as free trade, in that both are wonderful only for those getting the better end of the deal. Google, Facebook, and other California companies have been getting a free ride on net neutrality because it lets them avoid paying for their enormous share of Internet traffic. Net neutrality is a fiction invented by Silicon Valley monopolies to stop cable companies from charging them for their huge amount of traffic. Yet these same monopolies do not believe in neutrality in how they conduct their businesses because they censor political content they dislike. The many billions in profits flowing to the Silicon Valley companies is partly due to how they hog traffic on the Internet for free without paying their full costs. They avoid paying, for example, the many billions of dollars needed to bring Internet service to people's homes. Imagine a toll road where big trucking companies did not have to pay a dime. This would result in overuse of the toll road by trucks and underfunding of road improvements. The free market would be far superior to the phony net neutrality that enriches only Silicon Valley because the free markets enable the owner to charge fees based on the use of its property. Free enterprise is also better in protecting free speech and preventing censorship. Under the superior free market-based approach adopted by President Trump, companies that carry Internet traffic would be able to negotiate with the traffic hogs to compel them to pay their fair share of costs rather than freeload off the others. Google and Facebook would then no longer be able to discriminate against conservatives and shift their costs to us too. 
the public who pays the cable costs could then insist on access to the content they want, which they cannot do now as Silicon Valley censors it. Of course, the Silicon Valley companies do not want any rules of neutrality to apply to them as they exclude conservatives to appease their liberal base. They demand net neutrality only when it favors them and oppose any requirement that they be fair to content with which liberals disagree. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. What's the best way to rekindle the spirit of Phyllis Schlafly and the grassroots movement she energized? In this digital age, patriots and pro-family Americans can find insight and inspiration on our website, phyllisschlafly.com. Then, share your own heart and mind on social media. So join us at phyllisschlafly.com and every weekday for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 800-951-0592. Big earnings uh, coming out. Uh, Bye-bye, General Electric. Uh, the, The last of the original Dow components, uh, their days are numbered, uh, shares down 8%. Uh, I believe now GE is worth less than it was, uh, talk about buy and hold blowing up, than it was 25 years ago. Uh, the big, let's say, the only reason people own that stock anymore was for the dividend. Uh, the dividend now down to a cent. Uh, they cut it all the way down to one cent. Uh, you know what's so funny? I, and, and this is just worth noting. Every once in a while, I'll get out and I'll talk about how the after the dot-com bubble, they promised that they were going to protect us. Because remember, they, the pensions were gone by then, right? The only thing we had is that 401k. And they were going to make sure that these Wall Street companies couldn't deceive us. And they said everybody needed to use generally accepted accounting principles. And they set a date, right, by, you know, 2001 or what have you. And and as soon as the market went south, so did they. GE's a great example of that. Their adjusted number, okay, so that is the number most people, that's the number most people hear about. They said that they made six cents a share. Their generally accepted accounting principle number was a loss of $2.63. I mean, I know that's an extreme case, but I just, it was worth pointing out uh, by the way, they said uh, GE is going to save about $4 billion because of the dividend cut. Uh, and I think they'll, let, let's just face it now, a lot of the uh, companies that, that had, you know, when especially when you're older, that's the thing that a lot of these, oh, buy a stock that's got a big dividend. Well, that GE used to be one of those, uh, no longer... Uh, and and it'll be I, I I would imagine that by next year GE's probably out of the Dow altogether. Uh, that was a big number. We had Case Schiller out. That was the housing prices. How how is the value of homes holding up? 
huge declines. Uh, still up year over year, but now the monthly declines are accelerating. Uh, home price appreciation uh, below 6% for the first time this year. Matter of fact, getting ready to go below 5%, uh, and the pace seems to be quickening. But don't worry, they don't see anything like the last housing crash happening. Uh, but that was really it on the economic side. Not a lot of data. Again, like I said, the Dow's been up, down, up. Uh, you know, yesterday, a wild, wild ride. You know, the, the other number that was out was the consumer confidence number. And this is why I don't think the pain the pain's not over. All-time record high in consumer confidence. And remember, this is one of the classic top signs. I've been telling you this. Stayed there in October, more pain to come. Also, by the way, the number of people that think that Wall Street will not be down in 2019 also hit a record high. Again, uh, a lo- uh, huge top signs. Uh, it's, it, listen, it's just math. It's all it is. Uh, but uh, those were the economic data points uh, that were out today. But the the story that I wanted to cover, and this really is is a a big thing in the gold industry, talking about the physical demand and how is it being met. Okay. The two largest gold consumers in in the world from countries. Right, we already know that. You're like Joe. We know it's China and it's India. Right, China's number one, India's number two. Uh, between those two countries, they they essentially use up two thirds of all of the available mine supply in the world. And by the way, mine supply continues to fall. And now, at least according. Uh, to Von Grayer, here's what he thinks is happening in the market. They own, just so you know, his company. They are the largest private vault holder in the world. In other words, they're not a bank. No one holds more gold than they do, but they also do something else. Is They are part of the transaction of getting the gold from New York, England, Switzerland, into China. And and he did this interview just the other day saying how the money managers for the elite in China have virtually all of their high net worth clients in physical gold. Obviously, the exact opposite is here, right? We, we, we are full fiat, and of course, more millionaires and billionaires are being made every day over there than anywhere else in the world. They're all into gold. Virtually all of them own gold. That's what's so interesting. The Chinese buying is continuously going up and up without stopping. The Chinese know what is happening. They know it, and they will continue to buy gold, 
And one day, that's going to be a major influence on the price. I know if, uh, and I know Jason and Brian, you know, we do a second show, and I apologize for you in Phoenix, but if you go out to Shot, Shoutcast in the American Freedom Network, or just Google KHNC right on the page there, hit that Listen Live button, uh, 2 to 3 Arizona time. Three to four Colorado time, and I know the time's getting ready to change, uh, but but you can listen to their show. They have talked on multiple occasions about how the Chinese are very secretly stockpiling gold, and they've been deliberately helping hold the price down until they finish what it is that they're doing. When the paper market breaks and China dominates the gold market, which leads me to believe, you know, we've been saying for a long time, you know, China says, hey, our gold holdings are just under 2,000 metric tons. Nobody actually believes that. We just don't know how big it is. But Von Grayer kind of gives us a little insight into that. We're going to talk about what he's seen, and how he thinks it's getting done when we return. 800-951-0592. Just want to correct that. The confidence number, second all-time high. So there's only time higher, but just by a point or two, the only time that was higher, right before the dot-com crash, or right, uh, right at 2000, right before the big crash, was the only time that number was higher. So kind of let you know this is the end of that party. And uh, we're, we're, I'm summarizing, and I would actually, I would play Von Grayer. He's just so boring. You know, he, he's very, uh, I don't know what, I, my vocabulary isn't big enough, but he's a very boring talker. He's got a little Ron Paul in him. So I'm, I'm, I'm summarizing his interview, talking about, the physical gold market. The Chinese dominate the market. They are looking forward to the West failing in their manipulation of the gold price through various paper market and through the interbank market. And, and, and we've talked about this. Listen, I don't get upset about it. Is gold and silver manipulated by the central banks and the interbank market? Of course. Yes. Sure it is. Why do you think they didn't allow for the Americans to own any gold from 33 to 71? Right? They didn't allow you to own gold because they wanted you to, they needed to, it took them four decades to brainwash you into this paper stuff. Last month saw imports of gold into Switzerland, and this is how it's happening, that were exported into China and India. 70% of the gold imported uh, import figures from Switzerland came from London and New York. So think about this. So here's here's Switzerland. They're importing records amounts of gold, the vast majority of which 
only came from two places. The UK, where the London metals market is, and New York, obviously where our central bank is. We again see that Switzerland is buying 400 ounce bars. So when you are, just to, to let you know, the, the COMEX, where the paper gold contracts get traded, right, where you used to be able to get physical delivery of gold bars. You can't do that anymore. They won't let you. The reason is real simple. They don't have enough. But they're come and the bars on the COMEX, they're 400 ounces. As an example, when our mint is minting gold eagles or proof gold eagles, buffaloes, whatever gold, half ounce, quarter ounce, tenth ounce gold eagle, they contract uh, and um, I think it's Sunshine. I think Sunshine handles the buying for the mint. They tell Sunshine, hey, we want delivery of X amount of ounces. Sunshine buys the 400-ounce bars, and then they turn them into the disc and ship those discs to the mint. And then the mint is the one that stamps them. This is what is flowing into Switzerland. They said the Swiss then convert them into kilo bars. So the kilo bar is 32.15 ounces, a little more manageable, right? A kilo bar is somewhere, you know, between 35 and 40 grand, you know, versus a a uh, 400-ounce bar, which is probably, you know, about half a million bucks, right? So, so they make it, they, they, they put it into bite-sized chunks, if you will. By the way, to do business with these guys, the minimum they'll even accept, 250K, right? So you can't even call these guys up unless you want to buy $250,000 worth of gold. Last month, According to the Swiss, there was hardly any buying from the mine. Now, kind of inferring that the mine, everything that they're producing has been gobbled up by London and New York, and it proves again that central banks are either leasing their physical gold, and we've been speculating about this for a long time. How is demand being met? Central banks leasing their physical gold into the market, or are or, or you saying selling it covertly? I hope that's not the case. Do I believe that our central bank leases out gold in Fort Knox? I do. It's the only thing I can think of of why we don't audit it. It's not that hard. <laughs> right? I mean, you know, you go in there and you, you count the bricks, right? And every so often you grab this brick, grab that brick, do a test. I mean, you you can probably audit it. I don't take, I mean, Fort Knox is a huge facility. Don't get me wrong. But I think you get it done in a week pretty easy. 
But the thing about it is, is, is here's what's different. They used to do this all the time, but the gold never left. Now he's saying that they're being forced to deliver and, and that the gold that's coming into the market in London and New York, before it used to stay in London and New York, and would be traded between various banks. These banks now get the gold from the central bank, and they're giving it an IOU. Patriot Radio News Hour. Kind of like the Social Security Trust Fund. Final segment coming up. Final segment, 800-951-0592. So in their words, uh, this is what they believe is happening. That the Chinese, the demand is not relenting. That the gold flowing into Switzerland, these are the 400-ounce Comex delivery-type bars, uh, speculating that central banks are leasing their gold out. I don't know. I will say this, with blockchain technology, you think we should be able to know. Right? I mean, right? Hey, where did it come from? Right? And, and I guess one thing, somehow he says he don't, they're not coming from the mine. Just kind of leads us into this whole thing of how is all of this going to end? Uh, and, and, of course, it, it's really a lot higher gold prices, exactly what he's thinking. Uh, some of that gold, though, it, it does the mint does, you know, they take delivery four hundred ounce bars, like I said, through sunshine. Uh, yesterday, we ran those proofs, those one ounce American gold eagle proof coins. Uh, they're they're thirteen twenty five, and we and, you know we still got like a dozen of them left, uh, and it's the best deal. I mean, this is a proof gold as an example. Proof gold eagles outside of the last year. They normally, well, you know, like I said, the, the Mint website, they're 1540 bucks. We're at 13 and a quarter. Normally, in a normal market, I could probably get them, you know, 14 of 95, 1500. You, you, we can get the older dates, kind of like Silver Eagles. The older dates are a little less, but, you know, not a lot. Definitely not $225 less. That just tells you where the premiums are at. This is an it, it's just it's a no brainer. You get the box, you get the cert, you get it all. Thirteen hundred and twenty five dollars. U.S. Silver Eagle Silver. Uh, well, it's up a few today. Silver's right at fourteen and a half. Still down twenty five cents from the other day. You're going to save five bucks a roll on U.S. Silver Eagles from yesterday. Uh, $365 on rolls of Silver Eagles. Uh, gold, Kitko's got it down a little bit, uh, but gold's really unchanged today. There was a lot of moving parts after hours yesterday. Uh, the Dow, I don't know where the Dow's going to end up right now. It's up about 140 uh, which apparently now up 140 is like up like 10, 10 bucks, 10 points from the old Dow time. So uh, we'll have to watch that. But right now, uh, the Dow's up about 150 points. Uh, gold's down, say, 2 bucks here at 1225 
silver is actually up a few cents right now, uh, just under $14.50. Uh, the American Gold Eagle proofs at 14, or I'm sorry, 14, at $1,325 today at 800 951 You know, you think about a, a regular gold eagle, like 13, what, 1370, 1380. Uh, so you're buying proof for less than an American gold eagle. Uh, just a, a great value. Take the time, add them to your portfolios, put them away, and then let's all hope we don't have to use them. Page of Radio News Hour. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. We'll be back on a hump day tomorrow.